G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 183 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate joining in once again. Very special guest along with me today, Mr. Damien Ryder. Damien Ryder is probably the world's or one of the world's best extreme athletes. Got multiple um, world titles, world records uh, in various pursuits. Just tries anything, does anything. Uh, Extremely fit, uh, extremely well-rounded individual. Balances his life with meditation uh, as well as yoga and uh, and also you know, balances that with the extreme sports that he does. So he's got to be able to keep a, a nice uh, equilibrium in body and mind. And, um, you know, I'm really keen to talk to Damien about that and burning out as an athlete and so forth. And, and I understand that, you know, uh, myself, because I've sort of been there, uh, not so much at that level, but certainly I know uh, what it's like to push the body hard. And, uh, you know, Damien, Damien's certainly very attuned with that so he's um you know going to share some of his wisdom today with us around the body and mind and getting harmony between the two i think you're going to really enjoy this conversation please uh encourage you to share this one with others as well just want to make special mention to the real shift who support the podcast so if you've got a blockage in your life you've got a habit uh something you're trying to overcome or a goal you're trying to achieve mick and amy stews have got a a nine-week deep dive program uh starting soon where they take people on a journey to be able to overcome uh, the challenging belief systems that uh, sometimes sit before us. So these guys are really good at uh, getting results. Um, and it's a very affordable um, investment in yourself. It's uh, around $1,000 for uh, the nine-week program. And if you mention uh, the Outback Mind podcast, you'll get a 10% discount, so it's uh, even better. So jump on to therealshift.com. Go to therealshift.com forward slash deep dive and you'll see the program. Mention the podcast and they'll, uh, they'll look after you. Really good uh, good people and uh, they will help you make the changes you want to make. So please uh, check them out. Alrighty, thanks for listening in. Please email me, support at outbackmind.com.au. Check out the website, outbackmind.org.au. Uh, try and help the foundation if you can with a donation would be really great. Keep us going and get us moving forward. Uh, there's some exciting things coming up, so... Thank you very much for listening in. G'day, Damien. G'day, mate. How you going? Yeah, very well. Very grateful to have you on. And um, I've sort of I've watched your journey a little bit from afar. Um, oh, geez, some years back. But uh, I sort of lost touch with you there. And you, you popped up the other week. So I thought I'd reach out and see if you'd be keen to come on a chat and, and have a chat. So I'm really grateful that you, you said yes, mate, because I think uh, the people that listen to this will get a lot from uh, from this conversation. So really, uh, really grateful, mate, for sure. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. It's always good to have a chat. So tell us about young Damien. Where was young Damien brought up and um, and sort of the early years in your life? Uh, I was brought up in Ballarat. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I'm from Horsham. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. right, okay. <laughs> just up the road. Uh, yeah, so kind of just we moved around a little bit um, as, as I was a little kid there and then we ended up in Adelaide when I was about five going on six, I spent sort of most of my time in Adelaide I was 17 and I moved out of home and uh, moved to the Gold Coast and then I've just been travelling around ever since. Have you really? How old are you now? 46 now. 46. So so one thing that came to me the other day, mate, is um, humans in their natural environment were meant to move around, you know, years ago. All the ancient tribes and traditions always moved 
we seem to be stuck in the one spot all the time. I think that's why a lot of us are miserable. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. So, so. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but when that explorers, you know, that's how we grow up. And even as kids, you know, that's what kids thrive on, just exploring everything. And, you know, we just kind of get shut down and put these boundaries and everything around us as we go through life. And, mm. yeah, I think that's where, you know, you're right. You know, that's where it starts creating problems with it, you know, and people find out less and less about themselves because they're not putting themselves in different uh, different locations and situations to keep on exploring who they are. Mm, yeah, well said, mate. It's uh, Isn't it amazing, though, what's happened over the last couple of years? More people are saying, well, you know, I'm just uh, going to have a mobile home and get around and, and do my thing now, you know. So uh, things are starting to, like, shift a little bit there, but... But you're right, the programming where we're sort of funneled into this system where we're sort of, you know, you've got to go through all the, the steps of buying a house and having a family and all of a sudden you're bogged down, your whole life sort of um, is swept away before your eyes, before you know it. Yeah, I mean, you, you see it a lot. And, you know, the, the the older generation, the old people, they've kind of got it sus, like especially over in the US, you know, you see RV vans getting around everywhere and, yeah. you know, they've just packed up, sold up and they're like, to hell with it all, you know, I'm just, uh, let's just get a van and, and we're off. That's mm. kind of all we need in life, you know, but it seems to take some people a long time to get back to that, yes. you know, and they kind of, they think that their life's about, like you said, you know, have, having the, you know, the house and the cars and families and the, being the executive and, reaching these goals that they're like, this isn't everyone I want to do. I just want to get out and explore again. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, well, I, I went through that cycle of having the annual holiday a year and you felt free for a period of time. And as soon as you come back, all attention comes back into your body and mind again, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people that are in that, that uh, let's say that cycle, you know, but it's kind of, you know, we're... We end up how we begin, you know, if we work on like a life goes in, you know, a full circle is where it seems to be like the, let's say if it works in, in four different quarters of, of life, uneven quarters, let's say, you know, we, we start off exploring and then we get told how we're supposed to supposed to do things and then the mm. third part we start unlearning what we're told we're supposed to be like and then in the fourth part we go back to the start of doing things our way again yes that's right yeah it's crazy isn't it at the end of the day but um it's one way to keep people controlled and dumb docile and compliant i guess um is um you know an easy way to keep keep people um you know not able to reach their capacity and i i think you and i uh, I want to try and help people to to reach their capacity because you know this life in this body is too short to uh, to muck around with doing stuff that you don't really want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I made that decision long ago. You know, when I, I grew up with no father, but the uh, one of my mates, dad. You know, I, I watched him as I was a little kid, nine years old or something, watching his uh, his dad come home and bitch and moan about going to work every day. And mm. I kept saying, "Why don't you just leave your house? I can't. This is a job. I'm like, how long have you been doing it? Twenty years. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never going to be like that. You yeah. know, like so if I if I don't like something, then then that's it. You know, like I go and explore things, and people are saying, "No, you got to stick to just one thing." And I'm like, "Why do I need to stick to one thing? I don't even know what that one thing is yet until I go and have a look at everything." Yeah, my family were 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 were, were, were sort of pushing me down that path, and 
like I always got criticised a lot because I was sort of like you in many ways. And um, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same, mate. If I could just continually move about and travel, I'd be very happy. But I find myself sort of, you know, nesting um, for periods of time and then moving on. And, you know, that's been okay. But um, I think, yeah, the last couple of years has sort of, you know, hampered people's, um, uh, you know, uh, ambitions with getting overseas and doing some of the things that they wanted to do, particularly at your level where you, you, you happen to go and do these, uh, you know, activities and events around the world, it's sort of, you know, got in the road of it. But um, I think, you know, uh, by keeping yourself well like you have over the last couple of years, when you do get a chance, you'll probably be more grateful uh, than ever before to actually do it again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're, we're creatures of habit, you know, so, you know, I, I got myself into a habit of um, just moving around, travelling around, but, you know, I'm back here on the Gold Coast, moved back here in November last year, and, you know, I kind of like being back and based out just for a little bit, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's only because I know, you know, I'm not stuck here. I can go wherever I want, whenever I want, mm. but, uh, you know, I just get to unpack my bags and put all my you know, uh, activity equipment and skydiving rigs and rock climbing rigs and surfboards and whatever else I've got, you know, barely not much clothes, not much clothing I've got, but I've got all these toys <laughs> yeah. that I used to be to sort of spill out everywhere. But, um, yeah, like I'll always be an adventurer of, you know, trying to just keep on going, you know, keep on learning as much as I can. And you can only really keep on learning if you keep on moving around and keep on travelling, keep on experiencing different ways that you deal with different situations in different locations, but how everyone else does as well, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's how we learn. We learn from our mistakes, but we learn from what other people are doing as well and their different perspective of life, of how to live. How do you... Um how do you move about? Like, do you have like a, a van or a caravan or a camper van? How's it work for you? Uh, no, I just just I usually go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the US, and then where's the flight? And I'm on flight the next day. <laughs> yeah, kind of, I don't like plan ahead or anything. I kind of just go. I go to places with purpose, and I always have. You know, like I haven't been up north end of Australia because. It hadn't suited my purpose. There was no waves up up there, you know, uh, through my early years when I was travelling around Australia. There was no snow and stuff like that, you know. There's more things that I would go up there now to explore. But at that time when I was, like, just driving around Australia, surfing around, I'd just go, well, I'd just go from, you know, from where the surf on the east coast, like, uh, say, Noosa area, and Sunshine Coast all the way around to sort of Broom's Head in WA. Mm. I don't need to go up sort of north. So, and then when I'd go to France, you know, I'd go to France to go snowboarding or if I go wherever it is, it was always with purpose. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a tourist and I don't just go to places to sightsee. Mm. I'd go there for purpose and to do some sort of physical activity most of the time while I sort of explore around a bit. But whenever I get to a location, I kind of just start living there like I live there. Mm. You know, I don't just go around like a, like a tourist in a sense. Yes, yeah. And then that way I find it's the best as well because, you know, I go off the beaten track and I hang out with the locals and then they take me to, you know, places that are off the tourist tracks as well and, you know, you really get to explore what it actually is, you know, the culture, the people, the, the ins and outs of it you know, away from the, the brochure sort of side of things. Mm, that's true, mate. Amazing. 
you know, everyone wants to be like you in, in, in many ways, but you know, very few are brave enough to move into it. Um, you know, so you got to be congratulated for, for sticking to your, your knowing and, uh, and being able to, you know, um, stay on that path because it's easy to sort of, you know, go to the, go to the other option and, and settle down before you know it, you get stuck. So, yeah, well done for that. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not easy as well, you know, like I said, but, you know, I get so much more out of it for what I want in life. You yeah. know, like my life's about experiences I've had, you know, the flashy cars and the penthouses and all that sort of stuff, and mm. it just didn't suit my style, you know. I was just like, this is, and there's still something missing, you know. I've got all this money and I've got all this and that, mm. successful businesses, but there's something missing in life, you know, it's just satisfying enough and and you know i'm you know like i'm a survivor and a battler and stuff and i kind of always have been so for me to go be flush one day and bust the next day is kind of like whatever mm. i'll just you know i'll get the money back somehow or, or do whatever <laughs> i need to to be able to keep on living the way i want to live you know i'm not going to be dictating of my life because of money Yes, you know, or a certain amount I want in my bank account. You know, it's just something that I worry about. Like I, you know, to make money, I think it's easy, and but to spend it's easy for me too. You know, because I know I'll just make some more. You know, like yes. however that is, however that looks. But then there's some days, like like I said, like I don't I don't have a lot of material objects except for tools of the trade that I use for my sports. Even when I go through customs, you know, I'm opening up these two big OGO travel bags and, you know, the customs people will be looking through and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to, like, go do some uh, rock climbing or skydiving or blah, blah, blah. And they're like, where's your clothes? I'm like, I'm wearing them. I'm wearing the clothes. <laughs> like, you don't know how long you're staying. I don't know, three months. And they're like, yeah. you need clothes. I'm like, what for? This is all I need. Yes. And I, Oh, mate, but, you get over there, you can find, find, find something pretty quickly or an op shop that'll, uh, that'll get you by. Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, I only wear black anyway, black shorts, black T-shirt and stuff. So <laughs> it keeps it simple, that's, mate. It keeps it simple, you know. It's easy. My life's colourful enough. I don't need to wear long, loud colours, you know. Tell us, um, like... As a young fella, when did you sort of get into this stuff or were you into sport uh, primarily beforehand? Always. Like, I, I kind of went into it. Look, I've always been into sports and I went into it out of survival mode, really, I would say, like, really looking back at it. You know, I sort of started when I was about two or three. I was pretty active and uh, that was really just, like, driven because my grandmother was, like, this violent alcoholic and... You know, she'd beat me around a bit, get drunk and try and chuck me in the fire and stuff like that. But mm. down the road from her house, this was in uh, in Ballarat, and down the road from her house was this running track. Mm. And I'd have meets down there and I would just get out of the house and go down there and watch them run along there. Or if, or if no meets were on, I'd just wiggle my way through the gate and just run up and down the tracks or just jump on, like mimic their, their movements that I was watching in the day. So... So that was always, you know, a part of it. And then, you know, running and riding, like I was riding a bike at really early. Like when I was two years old, I could ride a bike. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I was kind of um, always active in that sense and always going off exploring like the, the forests and things like that. And then once we got to Adelaide, 
you know, I got given a skateboard, one of these little banana boards. <laughs> I then uh, that was it for me, you know, like from sun up to sundown, I was out skating and I was just doing everything I could and then just went through just different sports, you know. We get a new sort of group of friends that are in the school in my class, but they were playing sort of cricket or soccer or whatever it was. And I would play play their sports also. Because again, you know, I didn't really have any guidance or anyone like mentoring me to stay into one particular sport. I'd just get good at all sports and I'd want to, oh, okay, I'm good at that. I'm going to go on to something else now. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know, I just kind of wanted to explore. Like, there's a couple of sports, you know, definitely skating stayed with me my whole life and it is, you know, who I am today. You know, I'll always be a skater, whether I'm riding a board today or, or haven't ridden one for three years, you know, I'm always still going to be a skateboarder. Mm. And I say that because, you know, I'm an explorer. That's what skaters do and that's what we did, you know. Like some people see, you know, a railing where you park your car, but for us that was like an all-day adventure, you know, just skating that rail, doing rail sides, grinds, it is, but we'll be there all day on it. Like our imagination just went wild on us and we'll – and skaters are – you know, very adaptive to, to anything in their situations and always going off exploring the cities and skating around, you know, the city of, of Adelaide or skating to the different skate parks or, or storm drains or whatever it was, finding anything mm. to be able to just rip up, you know. So that's what's carried on for me for all of my life, you know, to always keep on exploring and finding new things but also keeping my eyes wide open, you know, seeing things just a little bit different to people who have chosen more sort of conventional team sports, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mate, um, interesting. Like, you're 46 and you're still doing that. And, you know, well done again because a lot of that joy was stripped away from the average young fella. You know, you're too old now, you can't do that anymore. Um, you know, it's not cool for a person over the age of 20 to skateboard, uh, that sort of thing. But you, you've stuck to it because it brings joy to an individual, you know. And that's something that we've actually lost. Like the, the colonial system and the education system really gives us away from, from our joy and our truth, you know, what we actually do love to do. And, um, um, you know, mate, you, you're very rare to be able to, to, to stick to doing something like that. But how good is the discipline for your balance in your mind and getting everything going, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, same, same things goes with, like, anything creative, you know, like, people who are artists and then just get told, no, you're not going to make a living out of that. You need to go and do this or you need to go to this school or you need to go to university or whatever it is. But, you know, they, they get suppressed in that, you know. And, I'm, you know, I fell victim to that as, as well for a while. Like, I've always done sports and always been active or training people, coaching people, all that sort of stuff all my life. But, um, you know, putting the thought of being a professional athlete sort of aside... You know, because I didn't have any guidance of it. And then, you know, we're talking like 30 years later and, you know, now I'm a professional athlete again. You know, mm-hmm. So I went, hey, why can't I just be it now? <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I didn't have a mentor then. I'm my own mentor. I'll just mentor myself and give myself the pep talks and be my own coach and uh, I'll be a professional skateboarder or this or that, whatever it might be, you know. So, so now, you know, in the last eight years, you know, I've gone back to what I've done all my life and what I grew up doing to, yeah, make a career out of it because this is what I want to do. Mm. So, so your most of your 
income is coming from sponsorship from from skateboarding or other uh, avenues as well comes from a whole lot of areas i mean i make films and and write books and stuff like that so kind of just just trickles in from everywhere really then i do an event and i'll grab some money out of that and i'll sell some films or thing and then i'll get some money funding out of that and mm. just kind of different ways you know like um I don't know, I kind of just make it work for me, you know. Like I said, sometimes I'm flush and I'm like, banks just overflowing and then next time I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> what's going on here? But it's cool because I know, like, I'll just pull my finger out, do something, and then, you know, I'll make some money by the end of the week or whatever it is if it gets down to that, mm, you yeah. know. So yeah. I've kind of always been that way. And, you know, like I was an entrepreneur at the age of six selling golf balls and frogs. You yeah. know, I was making... <laughs> Yeah. So I was making between seven hundred and nine hundred dollars a week for working three and a half days, really. Jeez, selling these golf balls and frogs and everything, you know. So I've kind of always been like that. That's why I've, I've had like no great value for money because it's kind of always come easy because I've always just thought of ideas, whether it be clothing labels or starting a magazine and, and getting the sponsors on there for magazines or whatever it is over the years. So. I know I've got a whole lot of different skills that I'll be okay no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's true, mate. And to be able to, to um, you know, utilise those skills because they're gifts, you know, for you. And, uh, and they, they, they come to you as a young fella, you know, so that's, that's giving you that freedom. Uh, that's, that's really what, um, what you need to, you know, tap into and utilise. I, I wondered... How have you gone over these years, like, being able to maintain a relationship because you're moving around quite a bit? What sort of relationship? Like girlfriend, boyfriend, any of that sort of stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, I don't have troubles with, like, with women or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, intimate relationships, uh, it's not so much that, that it's tough, for me, it's it's not a priority for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of easy come, easy go. But also because I move around a lot, I I purposely don't start things. You yes. know, even if like you know, I get friends. I got a lot of female friends, but you know, they and a lot of them would probably want me to to start something or or play with the idea. Let's say, but me, I know I'm going. I'm not staying in Mexico. I'm not staying in the US. I'm not staying in in Australia. You know, so it's kind of like. Mm-hmm. I I don't like I don't want to them to feel bad, but also the events I do also they're quite they're looked at as quite high risk events. So I've, I've toyed with the idea a couple of times with some people over the years, and you know it's they don't see it the way I do it, and I can't have negative thoughts going on. Plus I can't be say paddling from the Gold Coast down Bondi, you know, with a shark there thinking that this person's back at home worrying about me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've got enough I've got to think about. So in that sense, it's kind of, I've got to be, it's sort of like a little bit selfish in that sense, but at the same time, I'm looking after their well-being, so I'm not putting them, like giving them extra stress mm. because mm-hmm. I, under, I understand how it would be as well. Yeah. And... You know, uh, so yeah, it's just that. But also, you know, I don't want to, at, at this point in my life, I don't want to have to ask anyone or talk to someone about if I'm going over to America tomorrow. I yes. just, I'm just going. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. And I'll, I'll send a message when I'm there, they're like, where are you? I'll come around and give you a coffee. Oh, I'm in the US. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> Unreal, mate. Oh, mate, that's... Uh, I wouldn't say the envy of, of probably most people listening here, but um, but certainly, uh, yeah, mate. Again, good good on you, and well done for having that that truth and sticking to that. Because look at what's come from it. You know, if you had got bogged down twenty years ago, you wouldn't have achieved some of the things you have achieved. So, tell me, what are what are what are some of the extreme major events and or not not so much events, but like pursuits you've actually been able to do over these years? So January 3rd, 2015, I walked down to my local beach uh, in Rainbow Bay, Coolangatta, put a paddleboard in the water and I paddled for 800 kilometres for 17 days in the ocean by myself, paddled in at night and went back out in the morning. Sometimes I didn't make it to my destination, so I'd dig a hole in the sand and have to sleep there and have lost some food and water. Had 21 shark encounters, knocked off my board by 15-foot great white, circled by a plenty of them along the way you know um, no one there's not a race there was no ribbon at the end there was no boat support there was no land support just um just me doing something i felt i needed to do and you know that kind of started off you know firstly i just wanted to raise awareness against child abuse and uh, share with people to get into get down the ocean you know it's helped heal me mm. and uh, get amongst it but, and then after day five you know, my life completely changed and it was no longer just about that or no longer just about being something that I was proud of, but I could see it was something so much bigger, so much bigger than the paddle, so much bigger than myself, you know, just from the people who are living vicariously through the challenge, uh, riding on social media. So, mm. you know, I knew there was something special and something new for me there and, um, you know, something far beyond me, you know. So the world opened up. A lot more for me. It wasn't uh, wasn't isolated to me. It wasn't uh, you know I was, wasn't looking at tunnel vision forward or backwards. Really, mm. it just really opened up. So, but I didn't understand it at the end, and I knew by the time I got to, to Bondi that I'd healed myself of PTSD. But I didn't want to come out and say, "Hey, look, I've healed myself of this." You know, <laughs> breaking world records, and this is what I'm going to do, and and blah blah blah. You know, I really wanted to understand it, and it took me. Took me a month of just sitting at my local cafe until I sort of could work it out. And then I just wanted to test it out. So I went back over to Thailand. I've been in Thailand a few times, like doing uh, kickboxing training and everything over the years. So I'd gone back there and I, I just loved training in the heat, mm. you know, having that extra pressure on me. And I did a big event there and just really broke me, you know, three, six kilometres before, you know, I finished. My body completely shut down and everything. And, um, but it was good. I was happy because nothing negative from my past came up. And then, so I knew I had something special to share, but I just wanted to articulate it a little bit more. So while my legs were good from running around this island, 120 kilometres around this island, I uh, thought I would skateboard from Chicago to Santa Monica along Route 66 <laughs> for 56 days of pushing for between 13 and 15 hours a day. And crossing the Mojave Desert, which everyone said was absolutely impossible to do when I was going to die going across there. And I could only go 10 kilometres or else I was going to overheat. I ended up skating 250 kilometres in 24 hours non-stop Jeez. across there. And I only stopped at Barstow because the California hills were on fire because one of the Route 66 cafes had caught a light. So I had to wait and get a gas mask and skate down into the you know, Santa Monica, Santa Benito, San Benito, then in Santa Mon Monica, like with my 
little gas mask on, Jeez. get through all the fires and everything. And then I come back to Australia and I ran a marathon carrying a mattress with a message on it saying, never lay down, never give up. Then I, after that, because my legs were legs were fit, I thought I would train and, and go for qualifying time for the Commonwealth Games, which was going to be on the Gold Coast in 2018. And uh, so I put out, yeah, I'm going to run five 5,000 metres in that. I'm going to go for the qualifying time. And the amount of people like coaches and runners and all that, they were pretty much giving me death threats mm. for saying, hey, I'm going to get the qualifying time when they're trying to do it all their life and haven't got there and this and that and I'm, you know, six foot three and 100 kilos. Yeah. Like, you, you're not even built for one. How do you think you can do it? You can't do it in eight, I had eight months to do it in. I ended up getting a 13.35 in on December 13, 2017. 13.35, which gave me a qualifying time in the B classification for it. So it took me four months, not even eight months. Um, but then where I was working at a wellness retreat up here at the time, the guy who owned it, he was about to go bankrupt. So I made a choice to help him out and just really dig in on the wellness retreat and not, not keep pursuing going in the games. Not that they would have selected me anyway, because I was too old and they have more up and coming people that can do a couple of commerce games, but I was happy just to get that time because that was the goal I'd set for myself. Mm. I uh, went from there and then recently I've been over to Memphis and I was over in Memphis and I skydived off the top of a hot air balloon. So I went up to 7,500 feet and skydived off. How did you get to then, the top? You just like, you had a rope or something set before you, you, you left and then you sort of pulled yourself up to the top? No, not on that one. It was just uh, the balloon was on the ground. I hung onto the top as it inflated and then just rode it up <laughs> as it stood up and then just took off, basically. <laughs> so I just hung onto the top of the balloon, if you can imagine where it's laying sideways, and then as it inflates, it stands up, and then I, as it stood up, I was up on top, and then the balloon took off to 7,500 feet, and then I ran and jumped off it. Fuck. And then uh, yeah. a month ago, I thought I would sort of, I came back here, uh, back in Australia, I wanted to do a, a good event. So a month ago now, I, I thought I'd do another balloon event. So I went up to 10,000 feet inside the basket, except this time I had a rope ladder that went from the top of the basket to top of the balloon to the basket. And I climbed a rope ladder with no parachute from the basket to the top of the balloon and then at 10,000 feet and then I had my had to strap my parachute on up there so I put that on and then I ran and I slid off I wasn't even running off that one I just slid off like a slip and slide off that one and then into the air again jeez mate is that is that one of the 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 the, the most extreme things you've done where you might have had a little bit of yep. self-doubt yeah yeah yeah, oh, it's definitely, yeah, the most extreme thing I've done, you know. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, like, as you and, like, you and the listeners have just heard, you know, it wasn't my first rodeo. Like, there was a big progression to get there yes. for that to be normalised for me. You know, like, it didn't seem that extreme to me. I was like, oh, this seems cool. Like, I'll just do this. And it's not like I'm a hell man or I'm not an adrenaline junkie or anything like that. It's just normal for me, you know, like to be able to, you know, 
the way I look at it is like just you have to keep showing people what is possible in life and what can I experience, you know, something new, even though I do a lot of sports, extreme sports and endurance sports, but there's always new ways to do things, you know, like I was free diving when I was in Mexico and that, that's a whole different ball game in itself and, you know, I'm not a rock climber or anything and, you know, to be up there to, to do that, so... I had to convert my apartment into a gym, basically, and just mimic those movements mm. of, of the training. And because no one else in the world ever done it before, it's not like I can just watch a YouTube clip of how to do it or even <laughs> how to strap the ladder on or how to make a ladder. Like, I had to make the ladder to to get up there. So, I mean, and I'm not an engineer and thing, so I'm just making this rope ladder in, in my apartment in the lounge room, hoping that it's going to be all right for me to get up there. But, you know, it's, uh, they seem, it looks pretty sort of semi-reckless on the outside, but, you know, everything's, um, you know, I go through through everything in my head, like run it all the way through, but I just have no doubts in my mind. And that one was funny because, well, so many people that I know, like most people know I go and do, different events and different sort of events, you know, no one's done before. And, but this one, you know, people are just like, don't do the climb. We don't want you to do it. Um, you know what happens if you die? And I was like, well, yeah, but how about when I get to the top? How cool is it going to be? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't think about the other side of things. I just I just go, right, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to, to do to make it happen, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. You know, I, I don't think of the other side of things because you, you can't plan for any of that. You know, I just plan to do what I need to, to to make it, you know. And if something happens along the way, well, then I just have to deal with it. But I, there's no point in just conjuring up all these sort of negative thoughts in my head that may never happen, mm, you know? That's true, mate. Oh, yeah, I agree. Once you train yourself well enough so you you, you don't have any uh, any doubt, you, you just have an idea, and that idea comes to fruition because... Uh, you are determined to be able to reach that, uh, that 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 aspirational goal, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, how many times uh, you, you know we're probably all like suckers for it, but over over the years, I mean, I don't do it now, but people will say, "Oh, I overthink something," and then once they actually do whatever it is, they go, "Oh, that wasn't that bad." Yes. You're like, ah, like you've made it so much more worse than you, you, it actually was. Whether it's you know, running 5K, running a marathon, jumping off a balloon, whatever it is, you know, mm. um, starting a business, blah, 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 you know. I might, you know, think all the such negative things on it. And that's so much energy that they're burning, you know, so much good energy that they just need to, like, put in actually doing the shit and getting it done. Yes. Yeah. Do you know why, though, Damien, like, that negative mind is there to protect us, you know, for, for obviously... Um, uh, for our safety primarily, but yeah, it's amazing. You know, for me, years ago, I remember like just having a challenge and all the all the the stuff going on. But once you actually get to a stage where your breath's in a rhythm and you get out of your mind a bit, then all of a sudden it just happens, doesn't it? But but it's amazing how that can dominate unless we're not really aware and um, you know able to sort of overcome it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a massive build up. You know, like we were talking about at the start, you know, like when you're a kid and, you know, just want to explore things. But, you know, it's, you know, for you to jump on, like you see kids on those little scooters and they don't give a shit. They're just like flat out. I'm going from here to there as fast as I can and that's it. 
Yes. You know, and they don't care. If they come off, they come off, they have a look around, oh, shit, what happened? Oh, get back up, right, keep on going. But, you know, over the years, you know, you get told, oh, don't go down there, it's going to be too fast, look out for the rocks, this and that, you know. So all these little things start creeping on. You start thinking, oh, what am I, what's going on here? And then, mm. then later on you realise, hang on, that's, that's not that bad, you know, like might be for you but kind of not for me and that's that's how it's been that's what really solidified on the last event i did just listening to everyone's perception of what they thought you know the the most worst case scenario that could happen when i did the climb but i just thought you know i don't listen to anyone like that i just thought well you're not me you mm. you don't even run around a block you're, you're telling me that i can't do something physical yes. like who are you to have ever put yourself into something, a situation anywhere similar to that to have like an experienced opinion on what I'm about to do. Yes. I appreciate that you're looking out for me, but at the same time, no negative feeling was coming on to me, but I was like for them going, yes, that's all just negative thoughts going on to you. Yes. You know, that's, that's not affecting me at all. That's weighing you down more, mm. you know, so we're all built different. Oh, you absolutely. Know, people, sort of, people have different perceptions of other people based on their own abilities or what their own perceived abilities are. That's you know? Right. Yes, 100%, mate. And that's the thing, like, how programmed we are to, to think outside ourselves and, um, uh, you know, not listen to the teacher within us that, uh, that actually can do stuff and uh, knows how to do stuff, but it sort of gets um, taken away from us, you know? And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, mate, the human potential we all have is, is, is incredibly huge, you know, let's it, face it, and your testament to that, a lot of us are not connected to what we're possible, sorry, what we're capable of doing, you know, uh, and that, 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 that is for good, it's not for bad, but certainly, um, you know, some of the things that we can actually do as humans with regards to, you know, turning things into reality, reality through our intentions and thoughts and those sorts of things and, you know, manifesting things into our life and, uh, and you know, creating things which, um, which are just, you know, next level primarily because we've been limited with our beliefs and, um, and blocked, would you agree? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, life, you know, there's some, there's some generic words that I've used a lot over the years and a lot of people do like in this in this sort of space you know like that, that we're talking about now and you know one of those one of those words is limitless oh it's limitless what you can do it's limitless what you can achieve you know a lot of motivational speakers and everything and I'll probably use it in some of my talks you know it's limitless but in actual fact it, nothing's limitless mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. our life isn't limitless everything has limits and limitations on it but we probably own most people probably only go to five or twenty percent of what that actual limitation is you know they're not striving for that extra bit you know i'm not i'm not foolish to think that you know i'm going to live forever you know i think i've got another hundred years left in me but Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be some sort of thing, and, and I've got limitations. You know, it's only so fast I can run. It doesn't matter what I do, it's only so fast I can run. It's not limitless to how fast I can run, let's say. You know, but I go out and I explore that. And so, another one that, that caters for that, it's hard to reach your limitations if you have all these boundaries around you. Mm-hmm. So, another generic wording that people say as well, which, which started to change within myself 
I still catch myself saying it sometimes, is pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about the boundaries. But yes. it's not really pushing the boundaries because that's the same one that we're pushing out all the time. So if you think that there's boundaries all the way around you, we're pushing the boundaries, creating more space around us, that's not actually what we want. We don't want that boundary there. We just want to break that down so that one's gone. Mm. We don't need to revisit that boundary again. You know, because there's more, there's different layers of all this negative self-talk or perceived um, doubt that other people put on us, peers or parents or whatever it is, you know, that's laid upon us. And sometimes it might only be you know, sheer thin layers that are put on us that don't seem like anything when they're being said. But those things just build up and they build up and they build up, you know, and these are the voices in our heads and everything to bring self-doubt and all that to us. And, you know, negativity is such a strong energy yes. as well that, you know, through the you know, autonomic your nervous systems, you know, that's what goes back to the their response, a triggered response for fight, flight, or freeze. Yes. You know, most of the time that's on a negative sense for us, not in a positive sense. You know, we think of all of those times that someone's told us something's happened or uh, a bad moment, how we felt in that moment to for, uh, for it to hinder what we're doing now. So we bring all that negative energy forward for what we're doing now mm. instead of bringing all that good energy forward. So yes. I've been able to, especially over the last couple of years, just just change that narrative completely around and just break all those boundaries down so I just don't have that, that negative self-talk anymore mm. you know around i just do whatever i want to do, do you know, know something sorry, got plan i adapt yeah, yeah mate. Oh, i'm sorry there's so much going on in my head here at the moment but like one thing that's coming to me loud and clear is you at 46 can be a world champion at 66 86 106 126 you know you really can and then and that's getting back to you saying nothing is limitless because people haven't done things at these ages all the way through you know you've got yourself in a position now that you that you can continually strive and achieve and do things we limit ourselves because we think at at 80 we're going to go into a nursing home and eat eat sponge cake and shit you know that's rubbish you know the human potential that we have is is limitless as you said and it's uncovered and untapped and i think you've got you've got a real um uh not so much opportunity, but uh, you've got a purpose here in this lifetime in this body to be able to do exactly just that because you can you can show humans what what we're, what we're capable of, mate, and um, you know, that that in itself is 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 you know absolutely m- much more needed than uh, than most uh, people that we um, that we recognise uh, in society. You know, I just think. Yeah, I, I had that vision years ago. What can I do at fifty five? What can I do at sixty five, eighty five, and that? You know, because I just I've seen I've seen some of the, the the healthiest people in the world that are thriving at older ages, for example. Uh, but you know, none of them are actually doing things like yourself with the your body with, with their bodies that are um, that are really continually challenging yourself. And I think if you can continually give yourself those challenges, then your body. And your mind adjusts and then it starts to, to move and think differently. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I agree totally. And, you know, these uh, these things come up every time I do, like, events, you know. 
the media will ask me, oh, how do you get yourself into that mindset to climb out of a balloon basket at 10,000 feet? I go, I'm already there. I don't, I don't need to get myself into a mindset. That's just how I live. Mm, mm, mm. That's just where I am now, you know. And again, it comes back to, because I don't have those boundaries there. I didn't push the boundaries. I just broke them down. They just don't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I, I plan to, you know, plan to live another 100 years, but I want to experience everything while I can today as well. You know, and that's that's how I, I live. Like while I while I can, I do. Yes. You know, I'm not going to waste. I'm not going to waste that time. And you know, as I said earlier, like my life's about experiencing as much as I can, and well, like when I can, you know, and just keep on going. So I've had it all my life. You know, like people go, "Oh, you wait till you're 30. You're not going to look like that at 30. <laughs> oh, you wait till you're 40. You're not going to look like that at 40." I'm like. I'm still waiting. I still look the same as when I was 25. Like, what's going on? You know? It's like, I just do different things to you. You know, I just look at things a little bit different way. And, yes. You know, people think I'm like the most uber healthy person where I'm just like, you know, flat out growing my own veggies and like eating perfect and training five five times a day and this and that. And <laughs> that's not it at all. Like, I have pizza, I drink whiskey, I sit around, I watch Netflix, I... But, you know, when I get going, I get going. Mm. You know, I just, you know, I don't put that extra pressure on myself. I just go and do things. Mm. You know, and again, it's just about getting rid of those those boundaries and just changing that narrative in your head of what you're going to do. You know, and get yourself up. And, you know, I was talking about it today with, uh, you know, people saying, oh, you're always on the go. I'm like, no, I do an event. I'm like you know, three weeks just hanging out, you know. I kind of eat pretty good anyway, but, like, you know, I'll have, like, just time out. And it takes me a little bit to get going, you know. I'm like, all right, now we're going to go for a 5K run. Come on, tomorrow we're going to do it. And it's like, right, all right. And then I might do 3Ks and have a laugh to myself. You said you are going to do five, right. Tomorrow we're going to do it, you know. <laughs> but I know how my mind works and I don't beat myself up about it. Yes. I just go, all right, here we go, you know, let's get moving. So I just take that pressure off myself as well. I don't beat myself up. I just get in and I get it done. Because if I don't go and get it done, who's going to do it for me? Yes, that's you know? right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly right, mate. Isn't it funny, though, when you're in... Uh in so say combat or you're in um you're in an event or you're 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 doing something where you're pursuing yourself and you're you're past this but but just how um how you you sort of get stuck in that uh you know that 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 sort of negative mind and it sort of you know it it controls you but once once i learned for for myself to let go of the mind and just get in in pure rhythm with what's going on one step at a time maybe connecting to the heart more then the mind shuts up and then you can start to really, um, you know, do stuff, I reckon, for sure. Yeah, it's about having that trust within yourself. Yes. You know, that, that, that's what we're all, all looking for. You know, really, when people are searching out for the different methods of, let's say, mental health or whatever it might be, I don't actually like that word. I think it's just health, not mental health, it's just health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are, like, looking out for those words, but they're kind of just they're just trying to find that trust within themselves, you know, the trust to, to ask that person out on the date, the trust to go and travel again, the trust to go and speak to someone, the trust to go and write a book, the trust to, in themselves to, you know, go for a big swim in the ocean, whatever it may be, mm. you know, that's, 
what people are sort of looking for, you know, to be able to get to somewhere. And that's what holds people back as well. You know, they don't trust within themselves because they've given themselves and they've surrendered themselves to other people too much in their life and too reliant on other people rather than taking the accountability back onto themselves to go, right, if I'm going to do something or if I want to make changes, I've got to do it. So not up to anyone else. People can give me suggestions of how to do it and motivate me. I can take some motivation from different people. But ultimately, it's me who's got to pick myself up and fucking get moving. Yes. You know, get one foot after another and that's it. No one else is going to do it for you. You've got to do it yourself. And it's hard for everyone. No matter who it is in the world, it's hard for everyone. It's hard for me sometimes to just go, right, here we go. I've got a big event coming up. It's in three months. Right, get started. Right, here we go. And for me, I've just... I know my routine with that. I start my mud mapping out a week before I even start training. I just have a look at my, my food that I'm eating, make a few changes with it, start eating a little bit better, and then start fueling up. So when I start running, when I put on my running shoes and I'm off, then it's all mapped out for me. I don't have to think about it. I'm just away mm-hmm. with it. You know, I set the goal, this is what I'm going to do, and here I go. So I sort of work myself up into it first and rather than because then i'll get rid of those discussions when i'm into training i'm just training and i'm away Mm. you know Mm. i don't have to question why i'm doing it or should i train now or not train now or Mm. anything like that but and and with that as well you know i had this discussion with a lot of people and they're like i think i'm going mad i'm talking to myself like everyone talks to themselves Everyone does. It's just what you're saying to yourself you got to look out for. Um, everyone talks to themselves. <laughs> that's, where, that's how we get through life. That's how we, we keep succeeding and keep pushing ourselves and keep questioning what we're doing or what we're listening to. Is, does that sound right for us? Let's keep on going, you know? Do you ever I think it's funny. So go ahead. Yeah, I just think, I think that's funny, you know, how people, like, think that they're the only ones that are talking to themselves and they're going crazy. Like, nah, everyone does. Do you, do you get to that stage where uh, it's beyond beyond thought, beyond identity? You're, you're, a, you're just a, a being doing this event, doing this experience without any outcome. You're actually like just in this, in this complete state of flow where it's beyond Damien Ryder, beyond anything. You're just actually here um, you know, performing a role or a task, and uh, and not not worrying about outcomes or what might come from things or whatever. You know, being in that complete state of flow, as I mentioned, um, um, is something that uh, I don't think we chase. I don't. I definitely don't chase it. It just happens. But um, you know, certainly I know what that's like to just be in this. Like, okay, this is what life's really all about. You know, I've just been blocking myself from from this potential sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely when I do my events, you know, I'll get, you know, and some people say, you know, I'm present, be present right now, but they're kind of not as well. You know, there's mm-hmm. like, there's a big difference between what, like what you're talking about and just being like sort of in the moment on like a daily basis, you know. Mm-hmm. The one that, that you're talking about, it's quite an extreme, right, this is it, it does, I don't you know, it doesn't matter what happened a minute ago. It doesn't matter what's gone on ahead. Here I am right yeah, now. That's it. Yeah. 
two of these, like, um, you know, and that's happening for me more and more and more. So the first time that it was really strong for me was the first time I went up on top of a hot air balloon. You know, it was, it was chaos on the ground and, you know, people were, were supposed to grab some ropes to hold this tarp where I was going to walk across the top of the balloon to, to run and jump off and I'm, they couldn't hear me properly and I'm yelling down to them and all I could hear them saying was, I can't believe there's an Australian on top of a balloon, you know, like they were more fascinated with the balloon rather than the safety side of things and then all of a sudden like the balloon, I look down and we're like 500 foot off the ground, mm. I'm looking at my runway going, you know, I was like, that's not even safe for me, but here I am sitting on top of a hot air balloon watching the sunrise. Fuck, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> like, everything I'd, everything I'd gone through, and as soon as I sat down and started looking at that, that sunrise, what was happening on the ground, what was happening up ahead just didn't matter. Mm. You know, I was just like, went into such a space of gratitude mm. that... I think very few people actually get themselves into that, you know, and I was just so thankful for everything that I'd done in my life. And, and again, like, no one was paying me to be up on that balloon. No one had told me to go up on that balloon, and that, that was by choice for me to go and do something I felt I wanted to do mm. to, in that moment through everything that I've done to be able to be in that situation with everything aligning together. Mm to be mm. sitting there, the only person in the world to ever sit on top of a hot air balloon meditating, watching the sunrise. <laughs> Mate, um, I don't want to go too deep into this sort of stuff yet, but we will another time. But but how do you round up people to help you out with this sort of shit? Like, like do you have this idea and you go to people and say, oh, I'm going to get a hot air balloon, I'm going to go and um, uh, sit on the top and, and go up 10,000 feet. Who do you convince to do this sort of stuff for you? Yeah, I mean, as soon as I go, as soon as something pops into my head, then it's going to get done. You know, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. I'll just find a way and things start coming together. But then when I first went on the hot air balloon, you know, I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. What? And then for myself, I'm like, what do I need to do? All right, if I'm going to jump off one, I better learn how to skydive first. Mm. So I go on skydive and then, you know, it's about finding sitting down with a hot air balloon guy and say, hey, you know, you've been there, ever been up this height? Nah. Do you know anyone has had? No. Nah. Okay. Um, right. Well, this is what I want to do. And them go, all right. And then they hear that I've done the, the work and the thought and everything behind them. It's not just reckless. Mm. And usually they just go, yes, yeah, sweet, let's do it. But, I mean, it's hard. it's hard. Like, they cost a lot of money, you know, these events. Yes. And that's the toughest part, you know. For me, it's all... You know, it, it's crazy trying to get sponsors on board and especially like in the climate that we have been in in the last sort of few years, now it's extending out. You know, people don't want to, they're scared to put money anywhere and, and marketing and promotions and all that sort of stuff, you know, and people get onto their money and, mm. you know, there's to try and get these events going and everything as well. And I don't ever expect to get paid out of these events, but, you know, obviously that costs that cost me a lot of money at the same time. So I put mine in also. So there's a lot of like, let's say I don't I don't get stressed, but I have a lot going on in my mind mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I do it in it's a my rest of my body's in a calm state. You know, mm -hmm. while my mind's going active. Yes. So it's not just just this one event. You know, I've got this event that I'm 
trying to raise funds for to, to get there and ha- what message am I going to send out and, you know, raise money for a charity or something at the same time. So there's kind of a lot that's, that's on there. But at the same time, you know, I'm writing books and I'm writing courses and I'm doing, traveling around and living out of a suitcase and learning free dive and stuff at the same time. So it's kind of like there's a, there's a sort of a lot that always happens. Mm. But I've just always been like that, you know, and I've just, um, you know, I've always just been able to juggle things around and just prioritise things just in a, in a nice order of, of when they need to be done and not everything happens all at the same time. Even when you're pushing and pushing and pushing, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. And uh, but when it's supposed to at all, you'll make it come together, mm. I believe. So it's um, yeah. So I find that that's just pretty much how it all happens. There's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes that no one sees, and um, there's a lot of shit. Is this going to happen? You know, it's in a week, and you know what's going to happen. You know, but I always stay positive with it, and I pick a date, and it's always works out. And go, that's the date that we're doing it on. That's it. Mm. And even like the one that's just happened recently. You know, I said three months out to the production company, I said, this is the date we're going to do. And they're like, oh, the weather's terrible at the moment. You know, like it's flooding and it's raining. It's the sand that's not going to let up. And, you know, we're starting to come into winter as well. It's going to be cold and, you know, it's going to be raining down there in New South Wales. And I'm like, no, on that day, it's going to be perfectly yes. clear. The like no, no clouds and no wind. It's going to be beautiful. And like the day before I was down there, uh, down near Bathurst, where I, where I did the balloon jump, the it was like minus three on the ground, and where I had to go up to was like minus seventeen. <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. a, bit, a little bit different to the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then on the morning, it, it come good. You know, like the next morning, it was like three degrees, so it was like minus one where where I was up in the sky but it was like not a cloud in the sky there was no wind really there was wind up there about 25 kilometers an hour but you know on the ground there was no wind and it was just like this perfect blue day but that lunchtime of that day so just a few hours after i finished my event it flooded down with rain Mm. you know Mm. so i just picked that time and just stuck with it and then and you know everything just uh just come together perfectly you know the amazing crew and everything for it and you know the guys who were, were in the balloon they could see you know we had a little bit of talk when we we're going up not much just a little bit but as soon as i took off my jacket closed my eyes for a minute just to center myself what was going on you know everyone just stayed quiet in the basket and then i just, just took that breath out and just started climbing you know for me, it was like when I was sitting on top of a hot air balloon watching the sunrise. It was just one hand after another, one foot after another, rung after rung, and just nice flow and just cruise up like I wasn't even doing it. You know, and I'm in like 30% less oxygen <laughs> in minus one, moving at 25 kilometres along and 25 kilometres about an hour upwards as well. So we're moving fast on this ladder that's sort of swaying around, you know, but for me... I could have been on the ground climbing it, you know, I was that calm with mm. with the whole situation of it. Mm. No doubt, mate, because I know you, you, you're completely in tune with yourself, you know, uh, but that's come from hard work, hasn't it? You know, you've had these realisations over time. Um, yeah. Just, just to get this, this, this in, 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 knowing this intuitive, knowing that you have, and, and you know, that, that event happened at that day at that time for a reason. You, you knew this. This is our higher being, our higher being, which a lot of us don't have access to or don't understand, you know. 
Um, yep. And once you get out of your road, get out of your own road and, and basically don't get involved in the what ifs or what could have been or whatever and just let it happen. Usually everything starts to unfold and that gets back to the human potential that I sort of spoke about before. You know, this is this amazing stuff we've got access to that we're just we're, we're unconscious of. I was going to ask you about meditation, mate. That's obviously a big part of what you're doing with um, with the one breath meditation movement. Can you tell us a bit about that too? Yeah, so the one breath meditation, you know, it's a, it's a, I see it as an evolved form of, of meditation breath work. It's just, you know, uh, over the years I've just, the whole meditation thing, like I've gone through them all and everything and I've, you know, worked out and facilitated over 400 wellness retreats around the world and everything as well. So I've been, you know, really subjected to it and all different meditation practitioners and everything. I'm not taking anything away from it at all, mm. but it just didn't seem to be seem to be too far removed from when people need it. Yeah. You know, to, for sitting in a quiet place with your eyes closed and your next finger and your thumb together, elbows on the knee, sitting on your, your favourite mat, sitting there nice and peaceful with the Tibetan bells going on in the background. It was all, it was all great and cool and centering and calming. But when you need to feel that, or for myself, when I needed to feel that, it was in chaotic moments. You know, so I was seeing that these people who were like these gurus of it, these practitioners of it, you know, they were still stressing out. So I was like, well, it's kind of not working for a sense. And they need it, you know. So, you know, so the one breath meditation, it's like I've always, I've been a coach, like a physical training coach for 30 years. And for myself, I'm results driven, you know. So I just felt that the meditation in itself isn't, uh, really results driven except for the ultimate benefits of it. Let's say um, enlightenment, um, centering, calm yourself in the moment, all that sort of stuff that, mm. that monks aim to achieve, you know, that monks want to achieve, mm. let's say, you know, or someone who's who's heavily into the practice for, you know, tens of years mm. goes, goes into it. But it's kind of a lot of it is being sold as that this is what you're going to achieve and so that's not what you're going to achieve you know and it's so intimidating for people as well because they think they've got to sit there and have no thoughts in their mind and they're like oh shit i can't do it and like well for starters you just had like a triple shot of coffee now you're going to sit down and like do your meditation you're probably not going to have like a clear mind yeah (laughs) it's crazy yeah i agree so there was kind of around there you know like you know, I just wanted results driven for it. And mine comes from like a place of trauma. Like, I, you know, over the last eight years, it was about how do we heal people from trauma, you know, mainly in depression, stress, all that sort of stuff, and being stressful in that moment. And how do we get better performance out of ourselves as well, you know, in, a, in an academic sense, in a, in a work sense, in a physical sense as well, you know, how do we get the most out of our performance? You know, so we need to be calm in the body, even if the, the calm in the mind, calm on the internals, even if the body's going active or the or our thought process is moving fast, we still need to be calm in that moment, you know, so we can see things wider. So that's how that's how it's designed, you know. It's a, it's a five step pro program that just evolves, but it's basically takes elements from all different sorts of therapies that I've done over the years to dissect them out for what people need because it's not one particular thing that people need. You know, it's not just talking. um, It's not just, 
you know, sitting in silence. It's not just this, or not just that, you know. There's MDR therapy, there's mantra arms, there's, yes. you know, practices that you're doing, you know, like you spoke about at the stage, you know, you do a whole array of it. And it's kind of like, you know, it's the Bruce Lee method, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you, if you want to be the best at it within yourself, you need to know all the styles and then create your own. Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I've done. Out of that, out of doing all of my events, I just created things called One Breath Meditation and I just, and so you don't need lag time. You don't need to sit for 20 minutes. We're just, one thing that we carry with us no matter where we are and we don't need to go have a room for or anything like that is our breath. It's always with us. So we can always practice it. So we should always be able to connect with it. So mm. what it does, it just helps you break down those boundaries, helps you... Um, Increased oxygen capacity within your lung in a calming sense helps center yourself. It helps, you know, with the trust within yourself as well and helps you just achieve more. So anyone who does it is, um, you know, much better off for it in, in their performance in, in whatever they're doing. Mm. But also, like, the course that I wrote about it was, like, there's a lot of people, as you know, because you're, you're in that space, but... There's also a lot of blow-ins like, you know, millennial gurus and stuff that just go, oh, I don't want to have a normal job. Hey, I'm going to be a meditation teacher now and I'm going to, you know, I've got all these followers and I'm, they're going to pay me all this money to do this and that. But yeah. they don't even understand the words they're saying. They Absolutely. don't own the words. Yeah. You know, they're just borrowed words yeah. from someone else, yes. you know, and, and their result is to get more likes, more followers, more money not results for the clients. Yes. Well, I've always been results for the client and for the people. So even through all of my events and everything I've done, I could have gone down a more high-profile route. But for me, that wasn't that wasn't important for me at all. You know, I don't even like social media. I have someone else sort of sort out my social media because I don't even like it. Because <laughs> that's, not, that's not my purpose, you know, what I want to do. Yes. I know I need it for them. Like to get more sponsors and stuff, I know they need it, but for me, I'm too busy doing this stuff to be able to take photos and put it up about it yeah. for starters. Yeah, and you know, it's uh, it was about finding answers for other people, you know. So it's only just recently that it's come back to myself to be able to go. Okay, I found the answers that I wanted to. Cool. Okay, now I'm going to go and do some cool shit myself. Absolutely, mate. And, and um, yeah, like, you know, have that structure around you which can support you to do what you do. So otherwise, yeah, yeah, you're working um, in the business rather than on the business. And it sounds like you're, you need to be working on the business and, and having everything else take, taken care of you, for you, you know. Uh, that's, that's pretty much, much in a nutshell because, yeah, you can get trapped with all the uh, intricities in, in, in of... Um, of planning and all those sorts of things and, and, you know, cash flows and all that sort of stuff. But if you can just do the work, like you say, then everything takes care of itself. And, and, you know, getting back to what you are saying before about people that are, that are promoting themselves for doing things that, um, that they may not understand that well, you know, that's all part of it. Unfortunately, there's people that are going to do it and continue to do it, but you know, as well as I do, the only way you're going to make a real shift in your life is do the work yourself, you know, and putting that work consistently on a daily basis and keep showing up. You know, you can't say you're a meditation teacher and um, and not meditate every day. You, you've got to. My 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 philosophy around this, Damien, is is you've got to spend time 
in the morning to be able to get out of your identity, to get back connected with your soul again, your soul's purpose in this lifetime. You know, why did you yep. come here? Why are you here? Without ego, without any of that sort of stuff, you know. And um, yeah, if you can do that, then I think everything starts to appear and come. And uh, and that's I reckon that's what happened to you as a young fella. Like you know, you 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 knew this back then, and that that was that was coming to you hard and fast. And you know, as I said before, like congratulations for. Um, you need you need to be congratulated for actually like pursuing that uh, as as your as your purpose and journey in this lifetime because look at what's come from it and look look at what's con- going to continue to come and the not so much inspiration but the um, the uh, I suppose um, the uh, I wouldn't say identity but like you know your gift in this lifetime is to be able to just help others understand that that. Uh, you know, nothing is limitless, as you said, you know, and, um, and and I think if we've all got that sort of mindset, then we're not going to have anxiety, depression, all those sorts of things. We're actually going to start to to open up to what's possible. And I just think it's, yeah, we're, we're, we're having this conversation for a reason because there's, there's lots of people that are going to listen to this to maybe start to explore little changes that can actually start to help them move forward. And, mate, what, what's next for you? What, what do you got planned now? Uh, there's always stuff coming up, you know, like um, I kind of map things out out ahead, like mud map things out, you know, they don't always go exactly except if I'm going to pick an event, then that's what I'm going to do. Some things take longer, like I've been working on a TV series for a sort of few years now, but it's looking like it's just going to come ahead now. But again, you know, it's not that push-push, but it's like, you know, things are beyond my control and I don't go crazy about it because there's nothing I can do about certain times and I can't I can't control that the world's gone into lockdown or you know (laughs) there's war going on or anything it's things that are beyond my control so there's no point in getting upset about it I just adapt and just cruise along but look for me you know life's kind of you know taking it taking a bit of a bit of a change where you know it's about really stepping up you know like for me even though I've been you know doing what I do I, I over the last eight years, it was kind of like the last eight years have been a warm-up for me. Now yeah. I'm getting into it. Yeah. You know, now I'm telling people, like, I need to, to learn a whole lot of things myself before I was going to be able to come out and start talking about it because I need to own my words that I'm saying. I don't borrow them from other people's books or YouTube clips or anything like that. If I want to know something, I go and find out myself, 100%. So yes. when I'm saying something, whatever's coming out of my mouth, it's 100% I've gone through it and I've ripped it apart and tested it and proven it with myself and thousands of other people around the world, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that what I'm saying is right. Yes. You know, and I found the answers that I wanted to, and I'm always still learning, still open for it. But, you know, it's just about I'll always keep pushing, you know, pushing as much as I can and, you know, I just keep exploring myself as much as I can as well. There's always new things, you know, I want to go back to the ocean as well. I want to, you know, get back into free diving as well. I want to get back into surfing and there's always just so much more. Like people say, how can you top your last event? You know, how can you top climbing mm-hmm. out of freaking basket at 10,000 feet? <laughs> you know, extreme. And it is, but there's just different variations. Like free diving in itself is, you know, it's a whole new world there and it's 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 most confronting sport I've ever done, you know, because every when you jump out of something, it doesn't matter how high it is, it's the same, you know, but when you're free diving going down, every few metres is com- is completely different. different like it, yeah, yeah. It takes you that time to go down, 
you know. And going back on before we, we, we wrap up, just going on to like different perspectives on like breath, you might you'll probably enjoy this. So obviously I've calmed my breath down um, with physical activities all the time, you know, and anytime I you know body's body or mind's freaking out or whatever, I calm it with my breath. But when I'm free diving, you can't because you can't take a breath. Mm. So when I would go down, I was thinking, shit, what am I going to do? You know, I've always calmed myself with my with my breath. What am I going to do? Take a breath. So I ended up simulating what it is in my body to take a breath without taking a breath. Mm. So it's having, it's having a connection to the breath but not needing to breathe. Mm. You know? So mm. that's pretty deep on that sense. And then when I was learning to to skydive, when I went up to first went up to thirteen thousand feet, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like on the, the, that first jump before I went out, I was like starting to get sweats and I'm shallow breathing. I'm thinking, "Fuck! Am I panicking? Like, why am I panicking? This should be fun for me. Like, what's happening here?" And then I jumped down. I was out of control, and you know, ended up, I landed okay, but it was like pretty dodgy. And then start going up again. I was thinking, why am I, why am I freaking out? Like, why am I panicking here? This isn't, this isn't like me. What's, what is my subconscious seeing that I'm not? What I'm not registering with? Like, where's the danger here? Why am I like this? And jumped down and had a better jump and landed on the ground. I was like, what's happening here? And I was like, ah. It's a freaking high altitude. Yes, yeah, you couldn't do much better. High altitude's giving me that shorter breath, yeah. and because I'm looking for more oxygen, I'm sweating more because my body's working harder for it, yes. and I'm shallow breathing. So my subconscious and my autonomic nervous system went back to obviously a time that I had felt like that and was in a panic state. Yes. You know, whatever time that was mm-hmm. in my life, but I went back there and I was like, ah, oh, you idiot. Yeah, right, cool. And then as soon as I recognized that, I went, ah, oh, that's what it is. I didn't even have that at all. You know, yes. the next jump was like, yeah, like I've been doing it all yes. my life. Well said, mate. Well and, done. Um, Amazing. Oh, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just that different perspective, you know, of, of how things are and, and what we're telling ourselves, you know, just changing that narrative around and changing that breath around of what it's connected to, you know, that breath connection reprocessing. Don't don't connect it to something negative in your life, connect it to something that was great in your life that you achieved. Mm, mm. Yeah, mate. Oh, that's, that, that's just, you know, it's got the hair standing up in the back of my neck. And, um, yeah, mate, oh, I, it's amazing like, what you're saying there because you go back into this old pattern of... Um, you know, of self-protection, don't you? But once you, you catch it and, and, and understand what it is, you know, we can, we can shift anything within ourselves, you know. Yeah. It's like, like you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever, you know, you see it, okay, this is an old thing which is there, thank you, I don't need that anymore, I can move that on. It's like your, your body just releases and you, you let go and all of a sudden you can start to, to, uh, to, to, to change things, you know. Yeah, yeah, just stopping the process and... Questioning yourself, what is that? What happened? Mm, that's right. Yeah, what? Yeah. And, and yeah, just change, change that narrative around. But it doesn't happen straight away. You've got to keep reminding yourself until that new habit, because that's just an old habit. You know that that flicks us back to that because yeah. it's a stronger feeling or a, a strong emotion that happened in our life. But 
we need to draw on the good times, you know, for us. So I say there's there's two key breaths that we have of positivity in our life. It's that breath just before you're about to start something new to go, I'm going to do it. And you make that conscious decision, but it's just that, that split second just before you're about to do something, whether it's like a running race or whatever it is, training for something or, or starting a new business or whatever it might be. And then it's that breath just before the victory when you know you've succeeded. Mm. So, you know, you're running and say, you know, you're running a marathon, let's say, and you get to the last kilometre and you're saying to yourself, oh, I can't do this, I can't do the last kilometre, I can't do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, 500 metres away, you see the finish line and instantly in yourself, you're like, I'm going to do it. And then you're like, yeah, the arms go up. Yeah, I bloody got this. You know, but it's that internal victory within yourself. Those, that's what I feel are the two strongest breaths that own. And for me, that's what one breath meditation is. It just draws on that, mm. you know, like this is what we're going to do. You know, not, not all the negative things that what could happen. It's like this is what I succeeded in and this is how I felt at that time. So let's go and do it again. Brings it all together, mate. Unbelievable. Jeez, mate. This has been an amazing, amazing chat. Oh, I want to have more of these in the future. Oh, I'm really grateful for it. Um, can can you? Well, you need to come to Agnes Water for a drive because there's good surf here. But um, <laughs> I'm sure we could organise an event around here as well. But um, how can people reach out to you and look at your work? Uh, just through social media, through Instagram, just Damien Ryder, or just my website, DamienRyder.com. R I D E R, yep. Yeah, D A M I E N R I D E R. Yep, cool, mate. Jeez, mate, unbelievable. We, we, this is going to run out, so I need to need to finish it up, unfortunately, because I get time with what I can use here. But, but, mate, yep. um, uh, yeah, very, very, very grateful, and just such an amazing, amazing conversation, which uh, I was not expecting. Uh, um, you know, uh, so much, you know, with regards to what you've actually done and, and the detail in which we, you've been able to describe it, which is, you know, so awesome. You know, that, that's given me a lot of insight, you know, within things within myself and um, I'm sure people listening as well, you know, to be able to sort of, you know, they make those little changes. Like you've made some massive changes and continue will uh, will continue to do so, but like, geez, mate. So much, um, so much to look forward to with you. I reckon moving forward. So I can't wait to to meet you and um, and keep an eye on what you're doing. That's for sure. If there's any way I can help, I'm I'm, I'm more than happy to. Yeah, mate. Really appreciate that. And I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about sharing, didn't it? You know, you're doing amazing things with podcasts, being able to you know share a variety of voices as well. You know, and people are going to resonate with different different people and, and different voices and. You know, some people may take a lot of like what we've just been talking about today or some people might just take one sentence, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to change a lot for them, you know, so, or at least get them moving, you know, yeah. in a different direction. Absolutely, exactly right, mate. And that's what it's all about, empowering and, and, you know, what you said before, sharing, like, isn't it amazing how society is, like, disconnected and separated us? Well, you know, that's why you and I are talking to bring people together. I think that's... That's part of our job in this lifetime to do that, you know. So, mate, yep. I'm, 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 I'm grateful again and, um, yeah, just, just uh, 
keep doing what you're doing, mate. It's um, it's been an amazing chat, and um, yeah, as I said, I can't wait to uh, to have another one down the track. So you better go and have your dinner. Awesome, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. See you, mate.